Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's good to see you all today. Amen. I'm so blessed to be back in this conference with you. You know, the last two years, I simply came to serve. Uh, but Vidars seemed to uh, find it suiting to have me speak in both of the conferences. So it is a great honor. And uh, my heart is just to be here, to be with you, to worship with you, to get into the Word of God with you, to get full of the Holy Spirit with you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And I love coming to Kenya. Glory to God for that very reason. Praise God. You may be seated. How long do I have? Like two hours? Nobody told me. <laughs> Praise God. Somebody hold up a sign or something if I go crazy up here or something. <laughs> oh, praise God. I love the word. Don't you love the word? Amen. I love the word of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. The word is good. I rejoice over the word, like David said, like one that finds a great treasure. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, open with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm just going to read the third verse, and uh, we'll see what direction we go with this, this afternoon, but what I have on my heart is I want to talk to you about walking in the blessing of God, and I really didn't know, I knew this was a faith-themed conference, and you know, really, it's hard to talk about anything else but faith when you're talking about the Word of God. Because nothing in the word of God will work without faith. Amen. There are many subjects in the Bible, but no subject in the Bible will work without faith. And so I knew the theme was faith. Uh, we live by faith. We please God by faith. We walk by faith. Amen. And so everything about our lives is a faith life. And as I was praying about what I was to share what my part would be uh, just walking in the blessing kept coming up and and I thought well okay Lord I'm willing to change if I need to but then after this morning Reverend Mark Hankins started talking about the blessing so I thought well maybe I'm hearing from the Lord amen so uh, I just believe that we are divinely led guided and provided throughout this conference amen and what needs to be said will be said amen God knows each and every person intimately and one sentence can be spoken by the Spirit of God, and it speak a revelation to each of you in here. That's supernatural. Amen. And that's what we're going for. Amen. That's what we're believing for. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. I taught this series to my church not too long ago, and as I was reading this verse right here, these two words just leaped right off the page at me, heavenly places. And it was like in an instant, the Holy Spirit said to me, did you notice it didn't say heaven? It said heavenly. And as this all happened in an instant, as I'm ministering, the Lord said, did you notice it did not say these spiritual blessings are in heaven? And instantly I thought, no, I never noticed it didn't say these spiritual blessings. It didn't say they were in heaven. And I saw what it did say. They're in heavenly. Say heavenly. <laughs> See, that means it's going to be like heaven. 
You can, you can have conditions like heaven. But so many people, they say, I just can't wait to die to go to heaven. Why do you want to die to go to heaven when you can have conditions like heaven right now? In fact, whenever you do die and go to heaven, if the Lord tarries, it shouldn't be the first time you went. God hath, say hath. H-A-T-H. I tell my church, that's not a lisp. That's Elizabethan language. <laughs> he hath. That means it's past tense. He has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So a lot of times, because we think this says heaven, we have been taught that we must wait till we get to a place called heaven before we can receive these spiritual blessings. Now, someone else might say, well, Pastor Joey, these are spiritual blessings. In other words, they mean intangible, non-material. But let me help you with this. I'm going to tell you what a spiritual blessing is, okay? A spiritual blessing can be something intangible. It can be something that's not material. And by all means, you should have those spiritual blessings, the fruit of the Spirit, joy, peace. You know, those are all things you have to have. And if you don't have those and you have everything else material, you're still spiritually depleted and you're broke. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole wide world but loses his very own soul? Right? So a spiritual blessing is not limited to the immaterial realm. Let me tell you what a spiritual blessing is. A spiritual blessing does not speak so much of the kind of blessing, but the source of the blessing. <laughs> you see, if you work and you sweat and you toil and you gain something in your own self and in your own labor, you know, that is something, but it's not spiritual. Why? Because it came from the sweat of your own brow. It came from your own works, your own self-efforts. Amen? But when you are a tither and you are a generous giver and you are faithful in your local church, you're faithful to the purpose and the call of God upon your life and you're not saying, I'm putting a time limit on this if God doesn't do this by such and such a time. You see, the problem with many believers is not that God is not faithful, but people are only faithful themselves to a point. You see, that's the reason why some people and pastors, it amazes us because we think we have someone and this is the one that's going to be there forever. Because they're working so hard and by all appearances, everything they're doing is just exactly what you've been praying for. But maybe what's going on in some people's minds, I can only say this because last month, my wife and I completed 18 years pastoring in one church. So we've seen the people that we thought would be there forever. And then all of a sudden, I was praying and the Lord said, I'm supposed to move. Well, okay, let's talk about this. I mean, I'm not the Holy Ghost in your life, but you say you were just reading your devotion and the Holy Ghost told you to move. Okay, um, where are you going to go? Well, we don't know. We're just stepping out like Abraham. <laughs> we just feel like it's something different, you know. But uh, okay, let's talk about that. You're going to step out like Abraham. So are you saying we're Ur? <laughs> How many pastors do I got in here today? Amen. Okay, 
first of all, there's so many problems with that, right? <laughs> we're going to try to talk about the blessing, but I got to hit this for a minute, okay? Are you saying we're earned? Now, I never had this conversation with this family because they did not pursue me. Wisdom will cry out in the streets, but wisdom will not chase you down the street. If a person can walk away from you, you better just let them go and close the door politely because the Holy Spirit can get a hold of their heart and then you can make it easy for them to come back. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so here's the other thing. You're not Abraham. <laughs> number one, we're not her. And number two, you're not Abraham. Abraham left a nation that worshiped the moon. They were a heathenistic nation. And when you study the scriptures, even Abraham and his father worshiped the moon. Abraham did, well, Abram at the time, at the time did. When you study this out, they were moon worshipers. But God called Abram out of Ur. And, th and then he said he didn't know where he was going. But when you're leaving something that's bad already, it couldn't get much worse. Okay? But then here's another thing, is that when God does by the Holy Spirit, and he will lead people, not everybody's going to be with you forever. Okay? And pastors, you got to be willing to let people go and recognize when that season's over. But there's going to be wisdom behind it. There's going to be submission within it. Amen. It's not going to be uh, spontaneous, you know, uh, suddenly. But when God is involved with it, there's going to be wisdom. Say wisdom. Amen. And so um, we want to make sure that when we go, we go in the timing of the Lord. Amen. And so Abraham, he didn't know where he was going, but we're not Ur and you're not Abraham. <laughs> Amen. But whenever God did lead someone, thank you. Whenever God did lead someone to go from where they were at, he told them where to go. When God called the children of Israel out of Egypt, he said, I'm taking you into a promised land. And he, they could show you on the map where they were going. Come on. Whenever God first told Elijah to go to Zarephath, I've, uh, there's a brook there and I'm going to have ravens bring you food. You know, they were, he was there for a season. But then when the brook dried up and the ravens stopped bringing the food, what did God say? He said, I have prepared a woman in Zarephath there to sustain you. So when you're in the timing and the move of the Holy Ghost, now, he's not going to just tell you to go like Abraham. You don't know where you're going. No, he's going to tell you where to go. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's not even part of my message. I can show you my notes. But that was for somebody. I hope that helps you. Amen. Some things I picked up along the way. It's not fun. But I love to learn. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Say heavenly places. So people, they uproot themselves from their heavenly place because they think that heaven is something just where you go when you die. But people are leaving heaven, but all the while say they want to go there. Oh, come on now. I said people are uprooting themselves out of the wealthy place that God has for them on a whim. Yes, when I die, I want to go to heaven. But they're uprooting themselves from their heavenly places by not being faithful. Come on. The uh, Norley translation, I like this translation. It's an English paraphrase in Ephesians 1 3. 
It says that God has blessed us with every blessing that heaven itself enjoys. That's a heavenly place. When God can bless you with every heavenly, excuse me, where'd it go? He has blessed us with every blessing that heaven itself enjoys. So that tells me I don't have to die and go to heaven to enjoy this. Amen. Um, we're just going to, I'm just going to reference this. Deuteronomy 11.21. You know, it says that, um, that the days of you and your children will be multiplied and they will be as the days of heaven upon the earth. Right? And then in Matthew chapter 6 verse 10, Jesus said, and he's teaching his disciples how to pray, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth. What's the rest of it? As it is in heaven. Praise God. So the place on this earth that God has called you to be in is a heavenly place. Praise God. So when God says in Ephesians 1.3 that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, he's not talking about the place called heaven. He's talking about a condition like heaven. Amen. Uh, in the Believer's Bible Commentary, um, referencing from Psalm 66, verse 12, which says, You have caused men to rise over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water or through the floods. You know, everybody wants a wealthy place. They just don't want the path that the Spirit is leading them to that wealthy place in. <laughs> I said, Who wants a wealthy place? But to get to the wealthy place, you've got to submit to the ways of the Spirit. Amen. Brother Hagin talked about the renewals of the Spirit. And he talked about, what was the other one? He talked about the renewals of the Spirit and walking in the Spirit and the ways of the Spirit. And this is something I find lacking in the body of Christ among our company in the States is the ways of the Spirit. Now, there's a lot that do understand it, but I see a lot that don't. They just think God's going to pick them up in a limo and take them to their wealthy place. Amen. But maybe, not maybe, this is the word. <laughs> your wealthy place, the path is men first riding over your heads. It don't look like the word's working. It don't look like you have any authority. Everything you put your hands to, somebody comes and steps on your hand. <laughs> it doesn't prosper. You're like, God, you said whatever I put my hands to will prosper, but it's like I got these people. They're treating me like a doormat everywhere I go. Men, men rose over our, uh, rode over our heads. That's not fun. Men riding over your heads. And he says, we went, uh, should I go I know there's the glory and the fire, but that's not what that's talking about. And there's the flood of the Holy Ghost, but that's not what that's talking about. This is talking about you suffering for the cause of Christ, for the kingdom of God, and being willing to endure that persecution. Being willing. See, people want the wealthy place, but they don't want the ways of the Spirit to obtain those things that God has for them. God wants to make you tough, not just uh, give you manicures. Come on. He wants to change you. That's the reason why it seems like the promise isn't manifesting as soon as you had hoped. Because God is more interested in changing on the inside of you more than he is on changing something on the outside of you. He wants you to change. And when you change, the things around you will line up. Amen.
People say God can do anything. He can do it by tonight. Tomorrow morning, God can do it. Yes, God can do it. And God can bring you anywhere by tonight. The only thing wrong with that is you're still you. You're still the same person you were before he got you there. So really, for you to prosper and do what God's called you to do, more has to change than your location. Your character has to change. Your spiritual perspective has to change. Your maturity has to increase. You have to qualify for the heavenly place that God's called you to be in. I wish you could get it in a classroom. Rama students, you need Rama, but you don't just enter into your wealthy place when you graduate from Rama. But you're going to take the principles that you learn and you're going to overcome every opposition that comes against you. No weapon that forms against you will prosper. Why? Because of the knowledge that you're gaining in Rama. Amen. So, <laughs> Rama's giving you what you need to get what you need. Amen. You see, this is a past tense word. God hath blessed us. Say, God has already blessed me. Now, if you're looking in the natural, you think, God, well, if you have already blessed me, I wish you would point me in the direction I need to go. I don't see it. But you have to understand that God operates off the seed time and harvest principle. When God gives you an, uh, when you ask God for an apple, he doesn't give you an apple. He gives you an apple seed. God's word is incorruptible seed. We're praying for uh, uh, increasing finances for our ministry, for our family. And we just think money's just going to fall out of the sky and hit us in the head. That would be, that would be uh, fraudulent money. God's not a fraud. He's not going to print up fake money for you. <laughs> so when you pray, see, he's already given it to you. How is he giving it to you? He's giving it to you through the promise of his word, the incorruptible seed. So now you take the promise and you apply it in your life. You sow that by acting on the word, by being a doer of the word. And then in due season, the harvest will come. Amen. So I don't even like to hear people say, oh, I tried that and it didn't work. I don't believe you because I tried it and it did. Amen. And all that tells me is Galatians 6, 9, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap if you faint not. So when a person tells me they tried it and it did not work for them, all I'm hearing is, is you quit. You were a baby and you quit. Because you didn't understand the ways of the Spirit. Men rode over our heads. We went through the fire. And we went through the floods. But God has brought us into a wealthy place. Woo! Glory to God. Now there's oasis in, in, on your way to the wealthy place. And you're not just on the point of death every minute of your Christian life waiting for this wealthy place. So there are oasises and there's blessings and God strengthens you. But there's coming a time. Through faithfulness. And it's not overnight. 
But if you're faithful, not to a point. Many people are faithful to a point because they don't understand the ways of the Spirit and they put God on a timeline. And they say, well, I'll serve. This is what they're saying in their minds. They don't ever voice it. And they voice it in their hearts, but never their mouth. Yeah, surely my blessing will come next year. So I'm going to be very faithful. And that's what that is, is misguided expectation. And the number one cause of spiritual burnout is misguided expectation. You know, there's basically four kinds of expectation. Number one, there's a negative expectation. And then there is a neutral expectation. I was ministering at Harvesters Global. Any Harvesters Global people here? Amen. So, last Sunday, it was a blessing to be in your church. Good food, too. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, I was talking about these four kinds of expectations. Uh, there's negative expectation, neutral expectation. It's like, well, what will be will be, you know, whatever, you know. And then there is, uh, what did I say the third one is, guys? Mis thank you. That's the one I was just talking about. Thank you. Misguided expectation. And misguided expectation is one of the major reasons for spiritual burnout. Because people put their own timeline on something. They date it. And when the blessing doesn't come, that's why people can just completely lose their minds all of a sudden when they've been faithful for like five years. And you're like, as a pastor, you're like, that's why it's, it's like a strange, fiery thing. Because you're like, how could this even come out of this person? I poured my life into them for years and years. Saved their marriages. Counseled with them, right? How, but see, it's not about us, pastors. Or we'll get into the same trap of misguided expectation. We do what we do as unto the Lord. And I've heard it said this way. We're just bus drivers. People get on the bus. And people get off the bus. And that bus driver just puts it back in gear and sh shuts the door and moves on. Amen. Stop wearing yourself out. This is the word of the Lord. Stop wearing yourself out. What did I do wrong to cause them to leave? Even if you did something wrong, God didn't give them permission to leave because you did something wrong. In fact, he probably put them with you with your wrongness. <laughs> That's the ways of the spirit in their life. So I, aren't you happy you don't have to be this perfect pastor? No, God uses your imperfections to perfect others. Now you understand a pastor should have a good heart. But that don't mean there's other parts of their flesh that <laughs> needs working on, right? You know? Just because your pastor isn't so friendly to you doesn't mean, oh, man, the Holy Spirit's telling me to do something else now. Misguided expectations. Amen. That's the third kind of expectation. And the fourth kind of expectation is a positive expectation. Amen. And so I don't even know exactly what got me on that, but those are the four kinds of expectations. <laughs> Amen. But I think, no, that's what, what it was. I gave you all four because I was talking about the misguided expectation. And when people have their own ideas of how things are going to work. The word tells you what he will do, but it says nothing about how it's going to come to pass. Other than very vague scriptures, such as 6612. Do you want to know what it means to have men riding over your heads? And that's probably going to have a little bit to do with your path on the way to your wealthy place. Amen. Doesn't mean we have to be happy about it, but it helps to know that this is part of the ways of the Spirit. Amen. We went through the fire. We went through the water. But, say but. I mean, everything changes on the other end of the but. Amen. 
my pastor Bracken Christian, he, he says, he says, what, what side of the butt are you on? <laughs> that changes everything. It determines everything. What end of the butt are you on? Amen. I want to be over here on this wealthy place side. How about you? Now, I was, I was going to give you the Believer's Bible commentary, and uh, it says this concerning Psalm 66, 12. Yet God, talking about Israel, yet God did not allow them to be overthrown. Praise God. God did not allow them to be overthrown. Rather, he brought them into rich fulfillment and superabundant prosperity. Praise God. Say, I'm on my way. Hallelujah. The Williams commentary adds this. Okay. Rather, he brought them into rich fulfillment and super abundant prosperity in spite of the unceasing efforts of Satan and man to utterly destroy them. Woo! Glory to God. Your wealthy place would not mean so much to you if it was all easy and smooth, like Brother Hagin would say, like flowery beds of ease. If all the blessings just fell on you like ripe cherries falling off a tree, you would not value your wealthy place. If every giant bowed down before you as you walked by, why does God insist on men riding over our heads for a season, going through fire, going through floods? Because he wants to do more than change our location. He wants to create us in his image on the inside. Amen. To make us like him. Praise God. Glory to God. So we can know how to act when we get there. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, did I start at 1.30? Have I only been going like 25 minutes or something like that? Wow. It seems like an hour already. So anyway, but I mean, that means I'm enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I've been. Amen. This, this stuff means to me a lot because it's not just something I've read in a book. It's like stuff where I, when I first started pastoring my church, man, I was going through this hard time. Like there was this family. They were the biggest givers in the church besides God. But it's hard to think about that when they leave. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, I mean, I was, uh, I was probably too immature to be pastoring. But that was the ways of the Spirit. Like, he knew what was in me. I didn't. And that's usually the problem. Um, but part of why men rise over our heads, go through fire and go through floods, is, is not because God wants to find out what's in you. He wants you to realize what's in you. And until you are in a certain situation, those strengths will never come out. Amen. So I remember I got, oh, oh this family, uh, I wasn't intending at all to share this, but I believe it's important. But because um, I've had more than one, but this is one that came to my mind. Um, this family was a great blessing to us. And I believe their hearts were right at the beginning. I think most everybody's are. Um, but this family would give us two, three thousand dollar checks on a consistent basis. They said, uh, we want to um, remodel your entire kitchen. They spent over 20,000 U.S. dollars to remodel our entire kitchen. Great blessing. Did all our flooring in, in the hardwood floor areas of our home. We just ha have a, you know, maybe about just a smaller home, really. And, uh, but so we needed a lot of updates. And they were a great blessing to help us. Well, then this family, particularly the wife, said, 
we want to buy a big play gym for your children to put in the backyard. And our children were small, our son and our daughter. And those things can cost $2,000 easy. But they said, you go online, pick out the one you want, and we'll pay for it. And say praise the Lord. Amen. But did you know I woke up one morning and I saw that woman's face? And the Lord got on to me, Catherine. He said, don't you let that woman buy that for you. Very strong like that. Not because he was mad at me, because he was not wanting to happen what she intended to happen. That I had no natural way of knowing. Don't you let her buy that for you. So now how, I do, how do I go about that to her politely? <laughs> Don't you buy that for me? No. <laughs> so I, I delayed a few days calling her. Finally, she called me. And she said, well, I, I, I want to do this for you, but I'm going to need to do it now. You know, I want to do this for you. So I took a deep breath on the phone, and I said, I called her name, and I said, well, let me just tell you. I said, you have been such a blessing to my wife and I. You've paid for our entire kitchen. You've done this and that for us. And I said, I just feel like really at this season, you have done enough for us. Let us enjoy this blessing. I really don't feel like it's time for you to spend more money on this play gym for our children. Did you know that the, that's the last time I talked to her? Does that sound like somebody that wanted to be a blessing to me? But this, there's other things I won't get into. It was a controlling situation because of the events and other things that occurred. But you, even if you don't know what's going on, you got to, if I to this day never knew why, I knew the Lord when he pointed his finger at me. Well, I didn't see him. I saw her, and, and it was like he said it like he had his finger pointing at me. Don't you let that, he didn't say that woman, don't you let her buy that for you. You got to follow the Holy Ghost. Amen. But when you're a young, dumb pastor, you just believe that you just think everybody's wonderful. You're like, well, well what's wrong with her? You know, <laughs> maybe you don't need to know what's wrong. Just follow the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the Lord. Sometimes when people leave, you think you've missed the greatest blessing, but God may have saved you by separating that. Amen. When your anointing grows. You attract and you also repel. So that's why it's going to be like a fiery trial sometimes. You're like, why did they leave? See, the anointing knows things you don't know. And if they stay in that place and they're not supposed to be there, then the people who are supposed to be there can't get there. Amen. See, you're just a bus driver. Everybody out. You know who's getting out? Let's go. Who's getting out? Let's go. Keep driving the bus. That's all the bus driver does. Amen. Amen. We're spiritual Holy Ghost bus drivers. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Let's lift our hands just a minute. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word going forth today. God, we thank you for bringing us to the wealthy place that you have for us, Father. Holy Spirit, we thank you for having your work in our hearts and for having your way in our hearts. God, thank you. Thank you, God, for making a way where there seems to be no way, God. You are good, Lord. You are good, God. And we thank you that you are showing your might in us and through us in every event of our lives that we face, that we encounter. We thank you for it. We know that you are working your perfect will in us to make us a vessel of honor, a vessel of gold that is meat for the master's use, Father. 
We will stand the test. We will stay on the potter's will. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We don't always see what we want to see. But it could just be because we're on the potter's wheel. <laughs> Sometimes you see the plan of God. And then you don't see the plan of God. And then you see the plan of God. And then you don't see the plan of God. And then you see it again. But what he's doing is he's making you again into another vessel. Thank you, Father. So stay in the center of his will. As the potter makes that vessel that's pleasing to him out of you. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Say, heavenly places. The heavenly place is the wealthy place. The, the heavenly place is the place of your God-given assignment. Where he's called you to be. Stay there. Don't give up. Don't quit. Amen. I'm not just talking to Christians. I'm talking to pastors See, because we can get caught into the trap of we get frustrated because of why people leave. And then we say, well, I'm going to leave. Well, you're doing the same thing. <laughs> you're doing the exact same thing. Misguided expectations. Sometimes we just need to preach to ourselves. It's like Pastor Mark was teaching. Was that last night when he said the Holy Spirit said, you need to go read your own book on joy now? <laughs> Amen. See, we, we know these things, but we want to just tell you, you know. <laughs> But uh, um, it'll only work for us, not just because we preach it. It's going to work for us because we do it. Amen? Praise God. Where do I need to skip here now? Let's see. So many things. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. Pastor Mark covered that from the Amplified. God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. That is the heavenly place. That is the wealthy place. In fact, our covenant is called a covenant of blessing. Amen. Um, and um, Proverbs 28, verse 20. It says, a faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that makes haste to be rich shall not be innocent. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. You see, the blessing, it comes from consistency. You cannot sow a seed one night and get enough money to support your ministry for the rest of your life. It just, I don't care what they tell you, it doesn't happen that way. In fact, God is more impressed with someone who's giving, uh, you know, uh, $5, 500 shillings, is that how you say it? The shillings, right? 500 shillings or, or 1,000 shillings, and they're doing it faithfully every month. And they're doing it faithfully every month for a month and for six months and for a year and for two years and for 10 years. And that's just what they have to give besides in their tithe. That's, that's maybe including their tithe. Okay. So, but then someone comes along and thinks they can give, you know, a hundred thousand shillings in one offering, but they never give any other time. And somehow there's going to be a greater heart. Is this okay? Because somehow they think that God's going to be more impressed with their one time seed it's not always the preacher's fault. Sometimes it's also the motives of the one who doesn't want to be faithful. Oh, I can just give $100,000. I can just give $10,000 and my house will be paid off by the end of the year. Wow, okay. I'll never have to give again either. So there's fault on both sides of that sometimes. You got to get your heart right. You got to get your motives right. It don't happen that way. 
Amen. He, the rest of the verse says, he that's hasty to get rich shall not be found innocent. But the faithful man, the faithful woman shall abound with blessings. But it doesn't come overnight. There's men riding over your heads, going through the fire, going through the flood. But you're staying faithful in your consistency. The $5, the $10, the $2, the $1. That, that gets God's attention much quicker. Consistency, longevity, faithfulness gets God's attention more than someone who gave a one-time big fat offering. Because that says nothing about their character. It says nothing about their faithfulness. In fact, all it does is actually highlight the potential of selfish motives. Did you give because you wanted to be a blessing to the recipient? Or are you just thinking about that hundredfold promise that was promised you? Is this okay, Catherine? Amen. I, I, I want you to be blessed. Do you want you to be blessed? Do you want to be blessed? I mean, that's the only way I know how to do it. It's the only way I could ever imagine that I could pastor a church in a town of less than 4,000 people for the last 18 years and the, the church support me to go to four different nations every year. And I'm a, I can be a blessing when I go. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. I didn't work at it and try to figure out how I can do it and how I can gain partners and how I can impress people. Man, I wanted to make people happy, but I wanted to make God happy. I wanted to be happy where he put me. Stay faithful where he put me. Amen. I remember Brother Hagin talking about, he said, people say, I, I, I'm thinking about going in the ministry. Do you remember that? He said, I'm thinking about people going in the ministry. He said, you better have another thought. You better have another thought. He said, no, you need to go somewhere and be faithful. You need to go somewhere and serve. You need to go and serve in your local church. Thinking about going in the ministry. I wasn't thinking about going in the ministry. The Lord gave me a mandate. And it didn't matter what I thought. I had to obey God. And I had that mandate in my heart before it was time for me to step out. And I continued to faithfully work my secular job day in and day out, clocking in and out, sometimes hating it, and other days I hated it worse. And I did step out at, time, at one time when I shouldn't have. Ended up having to sell my car, and, and then when I got a new job, because evidently I missed it, you know. And you tell everybody, God told me to quit my job, and so everybody's like, I thought you said God, you know, you... Just don't do that, ever. Don't think. <laughs> if you think, don't do it. <laughs> and if God tells you to do it, do it. But you know, you've got to ask yourself too, where's, where's wisdom in this? Well, I was just full of fire and very little wisdom. I just knew what God said, and we think we're late. Like Brother Hagin said, you know, we think when he tells you something, you're supposed to have already done it, you know? But he tells you things to prepare you and so you can start making decisions to get you in, in the right direction for that maybe five years down the road. Amen. Say faithful. The faithful man shall abound with blessings. The Passion Translation, it's a newer modern English translation. It's very good. It says, life's blessings drench the honest and faithful person. <laughs> life's blessings drench the honest and faithful person. Amen. And so I've completely, am, am I doing good on time? Because I'm lost all my time. Okay. Um, it seems like I should be done by now, but I'm not. That's amazing. So can I get a drink of this water over here?
just so my message won't be dry. <laughs> 11 more. Okay. How many will give me 11 more minutes? Okay. 11, 22. No, I'm just kidding. So you got to know what to do when you're waiting on something. <laughs> 11 minutes to get the top of this water off over here, maybe. <laughs> now I have like two minutes. Thank you. <laughs> Praise God. Give me one moment, please. It's starting to dry up a little bit. It's not your fault. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> In the remainder of my time, I want to talk to you about the difference between a miracle and a blessing. Many times in the body of Christ, we put so much emphasis on miracles that we never do really enter into the things, the fullness of what God has for us because we think that we're going to get our breakthrough always because of a miracle. Whereas a miracle will bring you before God, but the blessing will bring you through. Amen. A miracle can get you to God, but it's the blessing that's going to bring you through. Amen. And when we rely on, quote, miracles, see, a miracle is a, a superseding of natural laws. It's unnatural ways of things happening naturally. Natural laws are broken or superseded when miracles happen. And praise God for miracles. Miracles and blessings are, are important in our lives at different points in our lives. But when we don't understand how to walk in the blessing of God, we start looking for these, quote, miracles and though miracles will happen for us, they will not be consistent enough to sustain our lives or to increase, much, much, much less increase us. So I'm going to talk to you about the difference between the, the, uh, a miracle and the blessing. And um, in Deuteronomy 28 verses 1 and 2, it says, It, it shall come to pass. If you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. It goes on in verse 2 and it says, And all these blessings, say blessings. All these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. All these blessings are going to come on you because you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God. Say diligence. The best definition I heard of diligence is this. Speedy attention to an assigned task. Speedy. Say speedy. How many have like children that are like teenagers or maybe like 10, 11, 12? You know, you ever tell them like take out the trash, load, uh, wash the dishes, put up the dishes and all of them just jump up and do it. Isn't that right? Like your children, right? No. <laughs> so like I could. Uh, <laughs> how strange. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no like uh, I could tell my daughter. Caitlin, it's time, uh, uh, go, uh, I want you to wash the dishes. When I say I want you to wash the dishes, don't wait for me to tell you when. <laughs> Caitlin, um, you need to uh, go wash those dishes. Okay, Dad. 30 minutes later, she's still in her room. I don't know what she's doing in there. Sitting on the floor painting or something, you know. I'm like, Caitlin, you, you said you... You said you was going to wash it. She said, oh, I heard you, Dad. I was going to do it. Well, you could say, well, that's your fault. I didn't tell her when. But do you want God to mind? Do you have to be that incompetent as a child of God? My, my, when God tells you to do something, you jump and say, when? Amen. I'm just picking on my kids, but I think it's like everybody's kids, you know. 
So attitude, so diligence is important, but attitude is important. Keith, I want you to take out the trash. Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm right in the middle of Fortnite playing a video game right now. Well, you know, I'm a nice dad, so okay, you finish the level. Okay, you finish the level just because I'm a nice dad, you know. Because there's other times when I could be more mean, so I want it to be easy over here. <laughs> so, but there's other times where he's not wanting to do it because he's busy doing something else he wants to do instead. So he goes and he gets the trash can and he's kind of got this attitude. See, he's doing what I asked him, but is his heart in it? No, God, and when God asks us to do things, he wants to see our heart. He doesn't even care if you spill out the, the fruit on the carpet. Now, you don't want the carpet getting stained, and you don't want there to be spills, and you don't want there to be mistakes. But if God can still look at you with all the mistakes and the things you've dropped, and he sees that you just have a heart to serve, he will, he will keep you and, and use you. But it doesn't matter how perfect you are. And how excellent you are. I think sometimes in leadership, we focus on the wrong things. If you focus on the heart, the other things the Holy Ghost will bring out of that person. Otherwise, you end up doing things to please men. Come on. Rather than pleasing the Lord. And, you, and, and people may be doing things for you, with you as, as their leader. But and you're, you never really know why are they doing it. Why are they doing it? So people's heart has to be right. Their, their diligence has to be there, speedy attention to an assigned task. And then their attitude has to be there. I want to do this. Amen. Is this helping anybody? So diligence means speedy attention to an assigned task. You can say it this way. The law of receiving is the law of attention. The law of receiving is the law of attention. If you can learn how to Pay attention. You can receive from God. Amen. You can receive. Now, um, as I was ministering this, the last time I ministered on, on miracles and the blessing, the Lord quickened me about this. He said, miracles come to get your attention. The blessing comes because God already had your attention. Amen. See, uh, if a miracle comes, man, God rescued you in spite of your faith, you know. <laughs> Amen. Your lack of uh, diligence, your lack of uh, uh, attention to detail. Um, but the blessing comes when God already had your attention. So with the children of Israel, when they were in the wilderness, for instance, God's goal was not to keep giving them miracle manna for the rest of their lives. The goal was to get them to the land that was flowing with milk and honey. Amen. Um, so really miracles are not God's highest goal for us, but here's what a miracle does. Miracles jumpstart us into the blessing. It was the miracles, right? The manna from heaven that fell daily, the pillar of fire by night, the cloud by day, the water that gushed out of that rock. Those were miracles that propelled them and jumpstarted them into the promised land their blessing where the land that flows with milk and honey is amen <clears throat> so god gave israel miracles to jumpstart them into their blessing and that's what god's wanting to do for you he wants to jumpstart you into the blessing amen 
2019 is not too far. We're not too far into 2019 to miss out on what God has for us. Miracles are coming your way. Amen. To jumpstart you into your blessing. Praise God. Now, when Israel entered into the promised land, what happened to the miracles? They ceased. You know, when I first started serving the Lord, I gave my life. If I died before then, I might have gone to heaven. How many have that relationship, had that relationship with the Lord? Like, yeah, if I died, I might have gone to heaven. But it wasn't until January of 1991 that I knew that I was born again and that Jesus was my Lord. I said, God, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. January of 1991. And I'm telling you, like that first four or five years, it was like I thought I was more spiritual than anybody because God gave me, you know, revealed himself to me in more kind of spectacular ways and real neat ways as I was, a, you know, I didn't realize because it was in spite of my faith. I thought it was because of my faith, you know. So then all of a sudden I reached this stage in my life. Well, here, well, it's, I'm not saying he gave me a bunch of visions and, you know, you know, uh, manifestations or nothing, but just very unique ways that confirmed to me I was going the right way or whatever, you know. Well, I, I reached this certain point where that wasn't happening much anymore. And I thought, well, maybe I'm not as close to God as I used to be. And so I battled with that. Like, God, I, uh, okay, what did I do different back then to, to get this? Like, why did I, see, what did I do to earn that? I wasn't thinking about grace. I was thinking about what did I do to initiate that, see? No, God initiates it and you respond to it, okay? So I reached this place where that wasn't happening all the time. Amen. Uh, God would bail me out of situations that, as a mature Christian, I should have re, uh, uh, handled myself and been responsible for myself, but he would bail me out, you know. Um, but it reached a point where he wasn't bailing me out anymore. He's like, you need to learn how to say no. So I thought it was because I wasn't spiritual like I used to be, but what it was was I was just becoming spiritual. So that I could learn to be responsible for myself spiritually and not rely on the spectacular or other confirmations that I may be looking for and seeking. Amen. So when the children of Israel got into the promised land, the Canaan land, the manna ceased. They didn't have that rock. Listen, it's a miracle that water came out of it, but the Bible says the rock followed them. That's nuts. That's supernatural. Amen. There's all kinds of stuff that happened in there that's just amazing. No wonder people don't believe the Bible. The natural man cannot receive the things that be of the Spirit of God, for it is foolishness unto them. But we have not received the Spirit which is of this world, but we have received the Spirit which is of God, that we might freely know the things that are given to us by God. Amen. Praise God. I think I mentioned this earlier, but when God told Elijah to go into Zarephath, you know, what happened to the brook? What happened to the food that was brought to him by the ravens? That all, the brook dried up. Amen. In fact, the brook began to dry up before he left. Now, that doesn't mean that he missed God. Because we always think that we're always just going to have it just overflowing, you know. But sometimes what God will do is he'll start lifting the grace to get us uncomfortable where we're at because he knows if he just told us with a full brook to, to, to go somewhere, we're not going to be so inclined to do it. So he uses, it's, say, ways of the Spirit. Say, ways of the Spirit. The brook began to dry up before God told him to go. The ravens stopped bringing the food, the, the steaks. 
<laughs> Maybe. I don't know what it was. You know, some, I don't even know how scholars figure this stuff out, but apparently it came from the king's window. I don't know. I, I don't really care, but man, God brought it to him. Amen. Sometimes we analyze stuff too much and we miss what God's saying, actually. Amen. The point is, he was provided for supernaturally. Amen. And so when he left and went over to Zarephath, things changed for him. Right? What God did was he took Elijah from the place of miracles to the place of the blessing. And it says she and he and her house did eat many days. I mean, this was not just something where God said, you're on rations. You know, just a little bit each day. But this was abundance, praise God. And this is what God is bringing us if we can stay steady. Stay in our places, amen? See, a miracle can only temporarily sustain you, but the blessing will cause you to abound and overflow. Praise the Lord. God is wanting to bring you from manna to harvest. See, with manna, God determines when it falls, where it falls, how much it falls. With harvest, you determine when and where and how. Glory to God. He that sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. He that sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. He that sows to the Spirit will reap from the Spirit everlasting life. Praise God. So when you're living off miracles, you are uh, waiting, we say, hand and mouth one day at a time sweet Jesus that's all I'm asking from you that's a good heart but you have to understand that his heart is to cause you to abound into overflow and when you're abounding in overflow you should still have that heart is that's all I'm asking from you Lord but to be respectful I'm going to receive what you're giving me <laughs> amen praise you may not feel like you deserve it but out of respect Receive the blessing that God has for you. I don't know why he wants me to abound and overflow, but that's what he said. If that's what makes him happy. You know, he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Uh, uh, Lord, I would not want to deny you any pleasure, right? Praise God. He gets more out of you prospering than you get out of it. Because you're his child. Amen. So let me quickly give you these seven differences between a blessing and a miracle. How many want to get into the blessing flow? Praise God. Number one, miracles come many times in a time of crisis. The blessing keeps us away from crisis. I didn't say trouble. Crisis is when you're in trouble, when, when you really in trouble. You, see, you just think you're in trouble a lot of times. That, but, but when you're in a crisis, man, that's whenever everything's failing, right? God's not in control. But the miracles come many times in a time of crisis, but the blessing can keep you away from crisis. In Psalm 112, verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. Verse 2, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. Verse 3, wealth and riches shall be in his house. Verse 6, surely he shall not be moved forever. That's verse 6. Surely he shall not be moved forever the righteousness uh, the righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance verse 7 he shall not be afraid of evil tidings his heart is fixed trusting in the Lord so you see here the blessing keeps us away from crisis blessed is the man that fears the Lord he shall 
not be moved forever. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Number two, miracles like the manna, it only, it only comes in small amounts. And it doesn't it just happen all the time like we would want it. But the blessings come in abundance. In Proverbs 10, verse 22, the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. Number three, a miracle, when a miracle comes, a miracle is usually just for you and your family. It does not involve others, but a blessing can be shared. In Exodus 16, verse 16, when, when uh, uh, it's talking about the manna, verse 16 says, Gather of it every man according to his eating. Not your neighbors, not your block, not your community, but let him gather according to his eating. An omer for every man according to the number of your persons. That's your family. Take you every man for them which are in his own tents or in his own household, you could say. So you see, a miracle is very limited. I don't want to stay in the miracle realm. How about you? I don't. Now, I want them flowing through me. But I don't need them flowing to me to sustain me in my life. I'm walking in the blessing of God. Amen. Number four, miracles can actually come in unbelief. But the blessing requires faith. How can a miracle come in unbelief? Well, in Mark chapter 9, the father of the demon-possessed child, he cried out, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And Jesus rebuked the deaf and dumb spirit, and the spirit left him. He received a miracle, and he was in unbelief. Amen. It's when we want to mask our unbelief, that's what Jesus has a problem with. He doesn't want us to pretend like we have faith. Oh, yes, hallelujah. I'm a man of faith. I'm a woman of faith. Yes, I believe. And you're trembling inside. Your brain is going crazy, but you just are too proud to admit, I need help. See, you, in your attempts to gain faith, don't lose your humility. In your attempts to gain faith, don't lose your humility. We can see that in this father of the demon-possessed child. He's, the Lord said, believe. He said, Lord, I do believe. He, but see, he wanted his miracle more than he wanted his pride. I said he wanted his miracle of his son being delivered more than he wanted his pride. It's like Naaman, the leper, the captain of the Syrian guard. He thought, the, see, misguided expectation. He thought surely the prophet was going to come and wave his anointed hand over the spot, the leprosy, and it was going to disappear. But, it, you know, he knocks on the door and the servant comes. He says, oh, yeah, the master told me you're supposed to go dip. And this is like a big, important person. You're supposed to go dip seven times in the River Jordan. What? I mean, he almost didn't do it. But then he had a servant of his own that had some sense. I mean, listen, as leaders, you don't have to be very smart. But you, if you just get smart people around you. <laughs> Amen. I mean, just pray and ask God. To, instead of just praying and asking him to make you so smart, just say, God, just send smart people around me. They can speak sense to me when I need to hear it. Amen. Praise the Lord. So um, he goes and he dips seven times. I mean, and he got his miracle. Amen. He didn't believe. He just obeyed. He just did. And he didn't even like it. I'm sure every time he came up out of that river, he was thinking, man, this is the last time I'm doing this. But he thought, I'm already down in here. You know, I might as well finish it out. Right. He came up. You know, he probably said six. And his servant said, that was four. 
<laughs> his heart wasn't in it. He, number one, he was not diligent. And number two, his heart wasn't in it. But he got his miracle. But if you want to walk in the blessing, you're going to have to get diligent and your heart's going to have to be in it. Amen. The blessings are for the obedient. Amen. And the doer of the word will be blessed. James 1 and also Psalms 1 tells us. Uh, number five. Are we at number five? Miracles supersede natural laws, but the blessing cooperates with natural laws. Miracles supersede natural laws, but the blessing cooperates with natural laws. And this brings us to uh, number six. Number six is when it comes to miracles, God works for you. In the blessing, God works with you. When miracles happen, that's God's, God working for you. When the blessings at work, God is working with you. And we see this in Deuteronomy chapter 28, pardon me, verse 12. Deuteronomy 28, verse 12. Are you getting anything out of this? I keep feeling like I'm going too long. Oh, my 11 minutes probably ended a long time ago, didn't it? Oh, my gosh. All right, I only have eight more. No, I'm just kidding. I have, I have seven. I apologize. I got lost up here for a minute. <clears throat> when it comes to miracles, God works for you. In the blessing, God works with you. Deuteronomy 28, verse 12 says, The Lord shall open unto you his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless, say bless, and to bless, what? All the work of his hands. So when a miracle happens, God is working for you. When the blessing is occurring, God's working with you. Your hands must be involved. Amen? And number seven, this is the last one. Miracles are temporary. They stop, but the blessing keeps going and is eternal. You know, God, uh, Abraham did not pass down miracles. He passed down the blessing. Isaac and Jacob did not receive miracles. Remember, miracles are for you, not for others. He couldn't pass down the miracle, but he could pass down the blessing. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, and then... Uh, they entered right into that same blessing. It didn't stop there. That same blessing continued to extend and continues to extend all the way down to us who are now in Christ. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Verse 14, that the blessing, he received a lot of miracles, but all those miracles died with him. But the blessing continued eternally. Amen. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. And if you be Christ, you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So praise the Lord. First Peter 3, 8, 9 says, finally, <laughs> appropriate timing for this verse. <laughs> finally, be you all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, what? Blessing, knowing that you are thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. Praise God. God has a life of blessing for you. Praise God. Do you believe it? Amen. God bless you.